Welcome back to Time for Nach. We are the 15th parak of Sefer Shmuel Base, and Avshalom is about to get his running orders. Avshalom is about to become a little bit of the star of the show. Avshalom is going to start rebelling. Avshalom starts by preparing his horses. He has a chariot. He has 50 men running in front of him, and he starts befriending, befriending everyone. He starts telling them, uh, you know, how, how, how their case should have been judged and making them friends and that they should support him. He's laying the groundwork for his rebellion. Um, it's interesting. It says after 40 years, um, which sounds a little bit odd, what this 40 years of Shalom staying there in Yerushalayim. So Radak says in Pasuk Zion that 40 years mean 40 years since Shaul's reign, but this was the 37th year of David Amenach's reign. It's interesting the Pasuk phrase it in terms of Shaul, because here is going to be another uh, another king who is somewhat controversial. Shaul was controversial. He comes from Binyamin. Avshalom, who tries to be king, is certainly controversial. And note another number 40. In Shoftim, we saw plenty of the number 40. Here's another 40. 40 is, remember, a new cycle of creation. It's 40. The Mabal is 40. Moshe going up Har Sinai is 40. A Mikveh is 40. It's a new creation, 40. Avshalom goes to Hebron. He offers sacrifices, and in fact, he receives Dovid's permission, his consent, and his brachas to do that. Avshalom in Hebron doesn't just do the sacrifices, he declares that he's rebelling. And either because he heard, says there that, that Shlomo would be the next king, or just he rebelled, he wanted to be king. He persuades many of Kalani to support his attempt to be king by promising to solve their issues. He says that anyone who David Amelech found guilty, he's going to make them innocent. He would have resolved all their problems. David was informed about this rebellion and immediately he goes into hiding. He goes with his most loyal servants, also the Gittites, leaving 10 of his pilakshim behind. If you remember, there was a prophecy that his wives would uh, have relations with others. This is going to come true at some point. And David discourages Itai, uh, who is Itai from uh, Itai, um, one of the Gittites, uh, from accompanying him. But Ittai was determined to stay with David HaMelech. Now Tzadok HaKohen brought, brings the Aaron to be part of David's camp, to assist David. But out of respect for the Aaron, David says, no, it's got to go back. David then tells Tzadok to remain in Yerushalayim, and he should be a spy. He should basically relay the information to his sons, uh, who would inform David in turn what exactly was going on. Um, there is a bit of a discussion. The Radakim Posit Chaf Dalad uh, talks about uh, the Urim Vatumim over here. He says that uh, maybe the Urim Tumim was, was uh, maybe that day, sorry, of Yasar and wasn't answered by the Urim and Tumim. He was removed from the Kohen Gadol. Sadat became the Kohen Gadol. Um, Ev Yasar perhaps lost it because he was Ali's descendant. There's a discussion in the Radak over here. Either way, David is told that Achitofel, who was a great advisor, he was also Batsheva's grandfather, the Radak says, he had sided with Avshalom, which is a major problem because Achitofel's advice was, was deep, was practical, and was excellent. But we're going to see his downfall in turn. Now, David Davins that Hashem should distort, should warp Achitofel's advice, and that's going to be important later on as well. Chushai wants to join David's troops, but David says, you know, better to join Avshalom and spy for David. And that is the end of quite a murky Perek Tesvav.